Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everyone, to the 93rd episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. Hey, moms, you've probably noticed that your teens are very concerned about body image. Many of our teens, especially our girls, are obsessed on weight loss or some flaw on their body. Well, today I have a special guest that focuses on health gain. As you know, a majority of weight issues are caused by unhealthy habits. I have observed this firsthand. Right now I'm FaceTiming or Zooming with clients and that has revealed a lot more information. The other day I'm talking to a teen in her room and she says, oh, I want some chips. So she keeps FaceTiming me as we go down the stairs into the kitchen pantry and she grabs her chips and goes back up to the stairs. Now, this is especially common during COVID for all of us, but our guests will talk about how the goal is to interrupt those unhealthy habits as a teen so they don't follow them into adulthood. Additionally, she likes to help teens not get caught in that dieting and deprivation cycle, which can be extremely unhealthy. So let me introduce you to my guest, Dr. D. Nice or Dr. Bojelin. Real name, Denise Hunter, MD, is an adolescent wellness specialist and has been a medical doctor for over 20 years. She is board certified in internal medicine and lifestyle medicine and has completed hours of training towards board certification in functional medicine. She's also been a youth leader for over 30 years and a trained youth motivational speaker. Her training in improv and storytelling helps her presentations to be delightful and engaging. Dr. Dean Nice also currently serves on the Wake County, North Carolina Public School Student Health Advisory Council. So welcome, Dr. Dean Nice. Thank you, Colleen. Thank you so much for having me here, powering your parenting. Or I know the ing is not at the front, but power your parenting. There you go. Yes, yes. So I know all the moms are going to be very, are going to love what you're going to have to share. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about sharing with you. <laughs> so first of all, like what prompted you to be an adolescent wellness specialist? Well, you know, Colleen, I'm an internal medicine physician and I don't know, a lot of people are not as familiar with what internal medicine physicians are but we take care of adults, primarily the um, diabetes, high blood pressure, COPD, the chronic illnesses that are unfortunately about 80% of those are mostly related to lifestyle. And I found that trying to get a person that's past a particular age, I won't say what age because I'm up there too, <laughs> trying to get somebody to change some of those habits, it's tough even if they want to deepen their soul to change, it's hard. And because I've always been a youth leader in the church, more guiding spiritually, you know, and planning programs and things, I decided, you know, it's better to get 
kids when they're younger, especially specifically teenagers. This is a time where they're pulling away from their parents. They're beginning to make some independent decisions and it, they haven't quite um, cemented some of those habits that are going to end up with some bad health outcomes later. So I really chose to really hone in on that age group just to work myself out of a job, essentially. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. I actually did 10 years of youth ministry before I became a therapist, a marriage and family therapist. Ah, so you know that's a full-time job too then. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. And you really get to know kids. And I love teens. And uh, definitely, I've raised, my daughter's now 24. But uh, when I when my daughter became a teenager, I saw that it was a lot harder parenting a teen than being a youth minister to a teen. So... That's kind of what got me started writing my book and doing the podcast and all of that. But we share that in common in terms of, of a love for teenagers. Yeah. I mean, there, I, you know, there's some people that just, I don't know, are afraid of teenagers. I've heard people say that those the same exact words. I'm afraid of teenagers and um, not me. I've heard somebody <laughs> say that. And I absolutely love them. That is my favorite group of people all time, hands down. They're, I don't know, they're, they're so curious about life and that transition between being a child and growing up. It's, it's an amazing time. And I really love helping them to achieve their best self. That's awesome. Kind of like you do. I'm sure that's some of the same sentiments you have. Yeah, yeah. They have so many gifts to offer us in terms of being alive and excited and they like adventure and we can get kind of boring as adults. So they have many, many gifts. Yeah. That frontal lobe thing, you know, <laughs> makes them fearless <laughs> until that, that connection fully forms at age 25, you get, you have that fearlessness about life because, because you, you don't know, you, you don't even know what could hurt you yet. So you just jump. And that's that is amazing. true. That's true. That, which makes it more difficult parenting them, but yes. yes. So I know that there, you said there, there are four major areas that you would like to touch on about, um, teens health gains. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. And um, when I think about health gain, and of course this came about really just when you notice that there's unfortunately an obesity epidemic among our youth, our teens, 20.6 teens are obese. And that's a, that's a huge number. Oh, when wow. You, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what a fifth that's a lot. That, that is be, a lot. That should be scary, especially when you consider some of the things that are associated with obesity, um, depression, anxiety, um, diabetes, and later on heart disease and things and uh, poorly poor functioning of your hormones, both your estrogen and your testosterone. Women can get PCOS, um, the decrease in testosterone, um, the fat, uh, obesity can disrupt how that functions. So it is not purely just appearance or aesthetic thing. It's the thing, the changes that's happening inside of your body. And so because of that, I had to really come up with something, things that we could really focus on to really help understand what we can do about the obesity issue. And the four parts I talk about is your mind, your mouth, your moves, and your rest. 
And honestly, uh, since we our initial um, contact with you, I actually gave this a bigger name called body hacking. <laughs> <laughs> I had to come up with a, a more a youthful term. Initially, I called it, I referred to it as as health gain, and then I was like, "Ah, you know, that's for the moms and the parents. I need to think of a name to really suck the youth in." And I call call it body, body hacking. We'll see if that name sticks. And do, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Right, right. Yeah. It has, a, it has a, a certain ring to it. I think. Yeah. So those are the four things, your mind, your mouth, your moves and your rest. So you want to explain what you mean by that? Definitely. Definitely. So when we think about the things that lead to obesity or lead to poor health, uh, poor health choices, um, your mind, it all starts right there with the decisions you make, especially towards food. You have um, a lot of us, a lot of teens, you're using, they're using food for entertainment Mm-hmm. Um, when you're bored, you just it's just easy to reach and keep snacking. They're using um, food as a means to of soothing your emotions. That's the mental aspect of I, I think when you when you think about the obesity um, is just really disrupting that and really understand what exactly food represents. And actually, even how how did you come about this relationship with food? What you're were you feeling that? it's supposed to entertain you and it's supposed to be what, what used to soothe your emotions. So really diving into that part of it. And then when I talk about your mouth, it's understanding how you're eating, what you're eating, and even when you're eating, because all those play a role, especially when I go back to the name body hacking, it's basically using your body's natural um, systems to work with you to achieve your ideal weight. And if you just follow simple rules, won't it, your body will fall into the ideal weight where it needs to be without you even really thinking about it. Simple things as just, okay, I'll give you an example. The, the message from our stomach to our brain that tells us we're full, it takes about 20 minutes to, for that message to get there. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Yeah, and if you're scarfing down your food, and your plate is done in five minutes, guess what? You're going to still feel like you're hungry because the message hasn't even gotten there yet. So something as simple as just slowing down. Even my, my teenage son, we, uh, I have him because he's a fast eater. <laughs> Before the rest of us can really sit down, his food is done. And I had, what I have done, I did... I gave him a timer, just set a timer for 20 minutes, 20. Well, I give 25 because, you know, you always need a little extra in there. Yeah. Yeah. Set a timer and I let him know you have to sit there and take your time and finish whatever you have right in front of you. And you need to take that 25 minutes. You can't finish before 25 minutes. You can finish after, but you cannot finish before 25 minutes. And it was like pulling teeth the first few times we did it because it's amazing how you get in the habit of just scarfing everything down. But just that simple, simple thing, just allowing your, the message to get to your brain that you're full can prevent you from overeating. Oh, that's great. That's a great tip. That's great. Yeah, I actually had a, um, a woman on Instagram. She told me she uh, when she was younger, unfortunately, she fell trapped in that bulimic cycle 
Mm-hmm. And she said just that simple tip alone was one of the things that saved her from her bulimia. Oh, that's great. I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where, what I mean when I, going back to the, the, the name where I say body hacking, letting your body's natural system work with you to achieve what you, this healthy weight, the health gain. And so do that's you have, how, do you have another simple rule? Oh, <laughs> I also, and this one is hard for people, but snacking, snacking is not the best thing for how your body works. It's okay. not the best thing because it takes about four hours for the food to really move out of your stomach. Like so you've sat down and you've eaten a meal. It's about four hours. And when you come in in between that, you're dumping more on, on your, into your stomach when it's not even, it hasn't even finished processing the food that it originally have. And when I talk about that, I always remember the I Love Lucy episode with the uh-huh. belt. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where they, like it starts off slow and then, they, oh, I got this, I got this. And then pretty much things are just coming at it. That's kind of what we're doing with our stomach when we're snacking. We're like giving it, it never gets a time to really slow down and really process what you really gave to it before. And I recommend that there needs to be at least four hours between every meal. So what about the people who say you should eat a bunch of small meals? You know, I, I, it may be good for some other things. I can't really think of much right now. I mean, if you're, if you're a professional athlete or if you're trying to get gains, but most of us are just regular people. Regular people, we need to have our bodies functioning in a way that's going to be beneficial for us. Well, that's that really not, practical. That is, yeah, that's that practical. Not, yeah. So, you know, pe- there's a whole lot of stuff out there that people say, but it doesn't really match up with the physiology of what your body re- is really trying to do. Oh, I'm loving this. Any, any other simple rule? Uh, other one is just simply chewing your food, taking time to chew your food. We bite and swallow, but when you avoid chewing your food, one, it is causing more strain on your stomach. It's going to have to digest part because digestion really begins in your mouth. We think it starts in your stomach, but you have to really break down the food well in your mouth. And then when you get to your stomach, it's in a smaller, smaller sizes. So your body can really work on extracting or removing all the nutrients that's, uh, that's in there. If you give it these bigger particles, it's not really going to be able to extract as much nutrients. So sometimes, you know, you're I was going to say nutrient deficient, but not really. That may be a stretch, but you're not really getting the full benefit of the food that you're eating just because you you bite and swallow. And let's be honest, most most of the foods that we have these days are not as nutrient dense. So we need to get every nutrient out of everything that we put in our mouth. So chew, chew your foods well. That's so good because I mean, I think especially teens, they're not chewing at all. They're just stuffing and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> stuffing and swallowing. Yeah, exactly. It's tough. <laughs> You're not getting the full benefit out of the, eat, the whole eating process. Oh my gosh, that's great, great. Yeah, so that's what I mean when it, I say, say your mouth. Okay. And then the next one, your moves. And that's really talking about the activity. And it's never been more important now than when we have sat our teams down, not on purpose, in front of computer screens all day long, because 
this pandemic, it's, it is what it is. And um, the safety of our, our families and our children, because of that, we are having to do things virtually now. And they're essentially sitting the whole day. They're not having that. I mean, let's be honest, we weren't really a very active bunch of people before the pandemic, but it's gotten worse. And that the, little, the walk that they would have had to the bus stop, the walk that they would have had from walking from class to class, the PE class that you would have had, the walking around at lunchtime, hanging out with your friends, those things, they're not there anymore. Basically, we're all sitting. Yes, just, yes. Just sitting. And that's the, the inactivity is bound to just ruin a metabolism that is accustomed to some sort of movement. Mm, mm. Yeah. And so incorporating some sort, even something I, the other day I put on my Instagram to um, stand more. I, I yeah. even, even when I'm sitting here, I have a standing desk at work, but we are doing telemed now and I'm at home. I don't have that standing desk. And if I had, uh, I, I can't pick up the computer and flip it, <laughs> but I have two huge thick books, each of them about maybe three inches high. And I stack them on top of each other so I can stand while I'm doing telemed. So I find ways to just stand more throughout the day. What activities are you doing that you could really stand and do them? or move in place, something, because the prolonged sitting is just, is just associated with so many things. Some of the same things I mentioned before, but the obesity, um, the not so fun things like hemorrhoids and varicose veins. And, mm. I mean, and the, the truth is these things are not in co- uncommon in kids either. We need to, there's more activity, just really embracing the the amazingness of movement. Yes. And and even teens, they get caught up in, we need, it has to be a gym. We have to go to the gym. That's the only type of activity. But honestly, just the other day, my son was like, I want, he wanted me to come outside and play four squares with him. (laughs) (laughs) And who who knew four square was dangerous because I sure didn't fall. I hadn't fallen in about... (laughs) fallen in about 10 years <laughs> I was I, I was determined to grab, grab that ball and <laughs> next thing you know I was on the I was on the ground but just something simple as that just some sort of movement turn on the radio dance find the movement that works for you teens moms everybody find the work movement that works for you something that you could keep up and move your body. Our, our bodies are designed to be moved. We have all these muscles. Without movement, we don't have tone in our, move, in our body. It messes with our digestion. It messes with our sleep. It messes with our mood. So many things. Get our, get our bodies moving. Yeah, I want to add one thing to that is, you know, you're talking about the mind part. And I think a lot a lot of us, and especially our teens, are doing stress eating, eating because of anxiety or stress. And as you know, that cortisol builds up in our body. And then that the, the exercise, the cardio helps to release a lot of that excess cortisol. 
And so for me, one of the things I've done during COVID is gotten one of those little mini trampolines. So in so in between my clients, I just, um, on the way to the bathroom, jump, 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 jump. And I go to the bathroom, jump, jump, jump. And I sit back down. Oh, that was, I, and it feels good, right? Oh, it feels really good. It feels great. Yeah. We've been sitting for so long. Oh my, I thought I had a very sedentary sit down job because, you know, I'm at, at the medical center. You go to the patient, you sit down. You walk back to your office, you chart, you wait for the next patient, you sit down and it's, but I didn't know I could sit, I didn't know there it could even be more sedentary because now with telemed, there's no walking to the patient. You're like sitting. Yeah. I'm going to get, I'm going to get one of those trampoline things. (laughs) No, it's great. It's great. It's really fun. And my daughter is the one who told me to get it. So, oh yeah. And I want to add with, when you mentioned with the exercise, there were a couple of studies out there that showed how um, exercise and mood exercise was put up against some antidepressants. And in one case, exercise with, for moderate depression, exercise beat the antidepressant. And in another case, it came out very equal in treating it. (gasps) That is so cool. I would love to get it to know what that study is because you know I, what? yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, because that, that is what I tell my clients. I, I a lot of my, my young clients or even my older clients, I say, if you want to not take an antidepressant, like my prescription is you have to do at least 30 minutes of cardio a day. You have to move your body. Well, your gut is correct. Your, your gut has been verified by medical science. <laughs> Yes, yes. That information is definitely out there and your gut is is correct, Colleen. Awesome. All right. So then the last one is your rest. Your rest. Yes. And this is another body hacking thing to think about because a lot, we don't equate sleeping and resting with weight loss or weight but it is so very much tied to it. Do you know, if you do not sleep well one day, one night, the next day, you're going to eat somewhere between 300 to 500 more calories. <gasps> Whoa. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not, uh, it's actually physiology. So what happens is there are two hormones that regulate our, our hunger and our satisfaction, um, leptin and ghrelin. And when we have not slept, the next day, the ghrelin, which causes us to be hungry, causes us to want to eat, it's higher. So you eat more. And secondly, the leptin that causes us to feel satisfied and full is down. So it takes more for us to feel full just because we have not slept well the night before. Right? Wow. Yes, yes, yes. And then when you add to that, the fact, because you're tired, you won't feel like jumping on your mini trampoline. Right. <laughs> you, won't, you, you won't feel like doing any extra exercise than sitting down and doing the bare minimum. The, la- the inactivity, it messes the next day up also because you're tired. And then when you're tired, what do you usually do? You reach for all those very highly sugary processed foods to kind of keep, keep you stimulated to make it through the day. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so true. I mean, that's true for me, but I did, I didn't know the, the science behind it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, and going back to the, the thing where I mentioned, the, I call it body hacking. It's really just getting to understand working with your body, mm-hmm. your body's natural system to get to where you need to be. Um, a lot of times I would, would mention at the top of the show about before getting before kids really get into that whole diet and deprivation thing. A lot of times they people fall into that weight trap, the obesity trap, just because the some of the basic lifestyle things are going against what your body needs. Mm. You want to, you want to be a normal weight, but you sleep five hours a night. Mm. As, as a teen, you need about nine to ten hours a night. Mm-hmm. You want to be a normal weight, but you're snacking your way through the whole day. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you want to be a normal weight, but you don't exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and this is not even. And I don't even. I don't want to feel like I'm being judgmental or unsympathetic or don't. But I myself was an overweight teenager. Okay, so I, I understand. I cho- I I was an overweight teenager because I did nothing named exercise. My exercise, the only exercise I did was walk between classes to classes and walked one block from my house to the school bus. That's it. Mm. Mm. I was totally inactive. And then I, I overate. I really did. There was no such thing as one serving. I always went back for seconds. Always. Always, always, always. I can't even emphasize always. And so it's not like when I, I'm talking about these things, these things that could change your life. It's not because I don't understand what it feels like from the perspective of a teen. I was there. And one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about helping teens really grasp this is because even though as a teenager, I was smart. And, you know, if I do say so myself, I, I have a pretty, a pretty face. <laughs> I, I can say you do. I'm looking at your face right now. Yeah. I have, a, I had a great personality. Yes, you do. And, but I was overweight. And unfortunately, teenagers, in those teenage years, whether you want to think it's fair or not, it's a very superficial time. And at that age, Nobody really wanted to date me. They weren't looking, oh, she has such a charming personality. That's not mm-hmm. how teen, that's not how teens work. And I'm, we're not going to try to squeeze them into our adult boxes. That's just not how it works. Your friends sometimes, they, oh gosh, I'm trying to say this the right way, or maybe I should just spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> spit it out. Just spit it out. You know, sometimes friends just keep you around because you're, you know, you're not, you're not competition for them. Yeah. And they, no, that's a and, thing. That's a thing. Yeah. And they don't encourage you to improve. Mm-hmm. Nobody's real. Or, or maybe they're afraid to tell you because they don't want to hurt your feelings that, Hey girl, you know, one serving would have been good. <laughs> you know, or, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the dynamics is um, there are multiple layers to this or multiple reasons why people are not as open.
year in high school, I lost 40 pounds and all that changed, like wow. instantly, <laughs> like all that changed. I went away to college and guys started popping up out of the woodwork as if they'd never noticed me a day in their life. I'm like, I'm the same chubby girl that you walked by before. Right. The moms that are listening, they have teens. They know how they are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think this is, and this is a good, I think, transition is because I talk to a lot of moms mm-hmm. and they do have fears about this. They have concerns for their daughter's health or their son's health, but they also have concerns about how that will affect them and socially. And like you said, it's working with your body. Like it, everything starts to kind of turn around and you, the reality of dealing with the superficiality of this teenage culture. And it always has been that way. Yeah. No matter what era it is. And you, you can't, you can't change it. There's nothing to change about it. Especially when it's one thing if, and I'm looking at my own experience, if I was on high dose prednisone for some medical disorder or something like that, what that caused your body to retain weight and retain fat but this was something I was deliberately doing for whatever reason. Now, if there's some underlying reason why you're using food to comfort you, then you work on it. You go see Colleen. <laughs> That's, <laughs> right. That's, That's right. right. That's you right. Know? And honestly, I didn't have those emotional issues. I just, it was just a habit. It was just a habit that I fell into that I had to undo. And, um, and honestly, I'm happy I undid it because And using my own story again, I lost weight my senior year in high school. And I was 16 years old, by the way. And I wanted to say the age just so I could say the (laughs) other age. But yes, I was 16 and a senior in high school. It's just one of those things. I told you I was smart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I kept all that weight off until I had my first child at age 35. Wow. And I did nothing dramatic. I, I didn't do the, you know, the South Beach. I make I think the South Beach was then during that time. Whatever diets were kind of going in and out during those phases. I just I never did it. All I did was I just moved my body more. I paid attention to when I was full. I ate I ate donuts, I ate cakes, I ate cookies periodically. I didn't eat them all the time. And I honestly I don't even know if I weighed myself during any of that period. It was weight was not even a part of my psyche. There's so many other things to think about. Yeah. And once, and once you really get yourself into that healthy space where you understand what your body needs to be healthy, you don't have to think about weight. You don't have to think about constantly dieting. You don't have to fall into that cycle because your body believe it or not naturally wants to be healthy. It wants to stay in that clutch where it feels good and performs well. That's great. Yeah. I love that because I've talked to quite a few teen girls who have uh, different versions of eating disorders. And the thing that it's so hard is that the eating disorder runs their life and limits them socially because everything is seen through the lens of what I can eat or what I cannot eat. So I love what you're saying. So, okay. Let's move to the moms because the moms are listening. Yes. So how can moms help teens break these unhealthy eating patterns? What can they do? 
one thing they can do is themselves. Good how point. are you how are you taking care of your body as a mom? How are what's the verbiage that you're using? How are you addressing your own body? Are you walking past a mirror and degrading yourself? You know, mom, you're the nurturer and you're an example to your children. Are your children seeing you exercise? Are they seeing you care for your one body? There's no trade-in. What yeah. example are you setting? And that's the biggest one. And the second one is really, what are you bringing into the house? I know your teenagers are more mobile and they can get stuff outside of you now. You know, they've got their cars, they got their friends with cars, they, they have access, they're visiting, they're visiting people without you. But your home is still home. What are you bringing into the house for them to, to eat? Or is, it, is, is it high quality foods that's going to keep them satisfied and full? Or is it stuff that's going to have them unsatisfied and empty and wanting to go back for more and more and more? Good point. That's great. That's great. So what are some of the traps that moms can fall into regarding teens and eating habits? <laughs> uh, I guess I jumped ahead with that one. You know, it's, you know, I have a teenage son. He's 13 years old. He's a new teen. <laughs> and sometimes it's easier to just buy it than listening to the whining. <laughs> let's, let's, let's just keep it real, Colleen. And, you know, and <laughs> I don't know how about all your moms that are listening, but I tend to be a little bit of a wimp when it comes to my kids. I, I'm a sucker. I give in. Oh, can we have a ch- Sure. My husband now, he's like, no. <laughs> but I, I tend to be the one that tends to give in. So I would say with moms, you know, we have to grow a backbone. <laughs> we do. That, you know, I say that because I'm saying it to myself. <laughs> yes. Well, I, and I would add, um, so I love what you're saying in terms of that the mom needs to be the model. We're going to sometimes cave with our teens. And, but I agree how I was raised is there was nothing really that great to snack on in my, in my house growing up. It was like, it was pretty grim, nothing, nothing attractive to snack on. And so, I mean, I've kind of continued that into my adulthood. I mean, I will have, I have my chocolate. I'm going to do my chocolate every once in a while, but I am a whip. So if I had all these warm chocolate chip cookies come out of the oven, that would be really hard for me to resist all those chocolate chip cookies. But I, I would add something that I do see is a trap is I think girls are a little bit more sensitive around some weight. I mean, that might not be true. You're a mom of a boy, but I think girls are a little more sensitive. And so if you as a mom are criticizing her about her food choices in the moment, like that's not going to go well. Like you're having another serving right now or anything that would kind of do some body shaming or shaming her around her weight. And do you think anybody would want to date you if you eat that ice cream, like you can have those conversations, but you can't have it in a way that comes off in a shaming 
manner because your daughter is going to be zoned into you with she knows you're criticizing her just how you look at her she can kind of go off if you want to have a conversation with your daughter or your son around food you want to do it when you're not eating you're not sitting at the table and just say hey I don't here's some facts around food I don't know if you know this and then when she's calm, you're calm, try to have a conversation or even say, hey, why don't you listen to this podcast? There's some, some cool things that I learned. Or, hey, and I think we'll get to this is why don't you go and look at Dr. D. Nice's uh, Instagram or be, be pointing them to information. So it's, it's a delicate way of how you talk about it with your teens. Would you agree with that? Oh, definitely, definitely. Even from my own perspective, and even now that I've had the I had these three children back to back to back, and have more weight on my body than and plus, you know, a woman of a particular age, your body just <laughs> <laughs> it refuses to let one pound go without a fight. <laughs> but you do have to be careful because, like it or not, this is an issue in our society. And people are very sensitive to that. Nobody wants, and when you say something, it comes off as a rejection. And if you back up and make sure they understand that you're approaching them with love, not with rejection or criticism. And I agree, when you're eating, that is not the time. And if you do want to have a serious conversation, because now looking back, and I don't know if this is the advantage of uh, Monday morning quarterbacking. I really, I really wish my parents had sat down and said, you know, Denise, hey, let's do something. Didn't matter because I got myself together and I still can't even remember what was the catalyst. Sitting your teen down and just making like make an appointment. Teresa, I'm giving the girl a name. <laughs> Teresa, can we have a conversation today or whenever about your health? And just sit down and have a serious conversation with your child. As a parent, you should want what's best for your child. And even though these conversations are not hard, and you're going to have to do a lot of reassuring during the conversation that you love them and you care for them. You're not like that high school boy who's rejected them because of their weight. You're a parent that I love you regardless of what you look like and who you are you're my child, I birthed you, and I want what's best for you. So you're definitely going to have to make sure that they understand when you come at them with a conversation that is from a place of love. But I do feel that you it needs to be a real conversation. It doesn't have to be subtle hints only. I mean, there's room for, there's room for subtle hints too. You know, hey, go check out Dr. D. Nice or go look at the podcast. But mm-hmm. I do feel for something this important there's nothing wrong with a sit down real conversation. Same like you have a sit down real conversation about sex. You should be able to sit down with your child and have a conversation about their health, even though it's uncomfortable, even though society makes this a hard subject or makes it feel like you're rejecting them. But it needs to be a real conversation because the consequences are real. Yeah, They're, they're extremely real. And when you look at the the effects that obesity have we you know girls they have higher rates of like depression and anxiety and and all this is mixed in together with obesity it can it's there too 
when you think of how your hormones work as a woman and yeah, on one hand, too little fat for girls that have eating disorders, anorexia, bulimia, those things can cause your hormones to not work well. The other side of the pendulum is there too. When you have too much fat on your body, your body doesn't work as well. And so, you know, these are real health things. And I feel it's important to sit down and have a real conversation with your child. Don't gloss over it. Don't be afraid of the conversation. Don't have it one time and really help your child point them in the direction where they can really get to the where they need to go to with their health. You don't, you don't want your, you don't want the term I used earlier, a deliberate disability. There's enough stacked up against life. You don't, you want, this one is not one that you have to have. And if with a few tweaks, with a little bit of body hacking, your body would settle down nicely into the weight where it needs to be. It really will. It, at a teenager, it's amazing how it doesn't take much to just get your body right where into that clutch space where it needs to be. Mm. Now you, <laughs> no, this is, this is really good. I mean, this is really very, very helpful. And like you said, a real conversation, which is I think very different from a critical conversation. Like you said, coming from a place of, I want you to have a strong body, a healthy body, and then letting them know about that you want to start those healthy habits now that's going to have you healthy throughout your adulthood, right? Yeah. All right, this, you're, you're giving us so many great things. So is there any other advice do you have for moms or teens that we haven't talked about? The last moment to give brilliant <laughs> advice. Last moment to, you know, I would say my last bit is more sermony. Just, you know, be, be kind with these things. Uh, be kind with yourself. Understand that you're human. You're going to make mistakes. But because you're human, you have an opportunity to correct it. And as a mom, you're going to say the wrong thing or you maybe have already said the wrong thing. Maybe you were critical. Like you're going to you're going to really have another serving right now. <laughs> like what what guy's going to date you? Maybe that has come out your mouth. I mean, just, you know, for whatever reason, these things we do these things because we're human. Um, but be kind to yourself, forgive yourself and understand that there's always an opportunity to change things as a teen there's always opportunity to change things and health is wealth. I know that sounds very cliche, but it really is. It's amazing when your body feels good, you, all, you feel unstoppable. This is the prime of your life. Yeah. You're, this is the, where your body is at its best. I mean, wisdom and those things come with later, but physically as a teenager, you should not... If you want to run from full speed from inside your house down the street to your friend's house, as a teenager, you need to be able to do that easily. Your body, this is, ah, this is, this is a prime. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. So remember, this is the prime time of your life. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to your body as teens. Parents, you know, forgive yourself if you have been judgmental to your teen about their weight. Be kind to them and lovingly help them to get to where they need to go. Good advice. That's really good. 
Now, if there is a mother listening and has a kid who's struggling with obesity, I think you said that you have a program. Yes, I'm starting, I'm launching a program in January. January 10th is when people could register and all the registration details will be on my website. It's called Wisdom Teethinger is the website. Wisdom Teeth ing ing-er.com <laughs> or you know if you follow follow me on instagram you'll have my name it's dr d nice Beaujolais. if you follow me on instagram the link to the website is there i'll start from the beginning so instagram is dr d dr period d as in dog nice Beaujolais. b as in boy e a u g e l i n not William, not <laughs> Smith, but Beaujolais. <laughs> we have my husband's Haitian heritage to thank for that last name. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Dr. D. Nice. I really appreciate this. I know the moms are going to really appreciate all your wisdom and you're encouraged. This is encouraging for all of us, all ages listening to you. Yes, thank you so much. And thank you so much, Colleen, for having me. And listen, I am, if uh, going back to the Instagram thing, there's so many people that shoot me DMs asking me questions. I have no problems with answering people's questions in the DM, the direct messaging portion of Instagram. So if you follow me and you have a question, please free, feel free to shoot me a DM. Perfect. And... and and you said you have a little health advice in, on your Instagram. Is that true? I do. Monday through Friday, I always have wellness information in my stories. I always give a wellness tip. And that's something we didn't really get. To. I have a, a wellness curriculum called Fount, which is the five keys to wellness and wisdom to help unlock your best. But um, I always use Fount and give wellness tips Monday through Friday on, in my Instagram stories. And then the first week of every month, those, that, those wellness tips are related to anxiety and depression because our teens, as you already know, Colleen, anxiety and depression, it's just ravaging them. It's, it's scary and it's sad. So I give a whole week dedicated to that specific subject. And then I, um, my post, I always put posts with specific health tips. Um, I'm looking at my, I post six times a week. My last post I put, it was called Stand More. I had a little boomerang with me going from sitting to standing. <laughs> and, just, <laughs> and just tips on, on standing or the, the benefits of standing. That's great. Yeah. So. Well, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. I'm encouraged and I know everybody else will be. So thank you. Thank you so much, Colleen, for having me. Thank you. What an amazing thing that you're doing here. The power of parenting. We, we all we need as much help as parents as we can <laughs> possibly have. And I'm glad you're out here supporting parents. All right. Well, th thank you. You made my day. <laughs> you, made, you made mine. <laughs> it's mutual. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> all right. Take care. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could go to Apple Podcasts and give Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast a five-star review. 
This makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my best-selling and award-winning book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, A Guide for Mothers Everywhere. You can find that and order it online at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And you can always find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com, two L's and two E's. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.